Welcome to the World Football Podcast. Just wanted to um, release another episode giving my predictions for this upcoming weekend. And uh, probably next week get more into the group stages of the um, Champions League that was drawn today. We're recording this live on Thursday around like 10 p.m. So we'll get more into detail about who we think is going to be the top dogs in the Champions League. Right now, very early to tell. Can't really um, give a solid prediction. Maybe, you know, who's going to win the, each kind of different group. Uh, obviously, there's a, a an extreme group of death. Um, one of the most extreme groups I've ever seen, to be honest with you, especially with a lot of these teams in form. Um, obviously, PSG not being the most informed team, but still has Mbappe. This is Group F I'm talking about, and it's full of just giants without the within the uh, European leagues. I mean, PSG, Borussia Dortmund, AC Milan, Newcastle United, all going to be fighting for a top one and two seed, trying to get out of that group stage with the highest points. It's going to be so much fun to watch, but I'll digress. I'll get more into... This weekend's upcoming games and uh, probably next week give you a better deep dive on some of these teams that might make a a decent splash in Champions League who a lot of people might not be uh, focusing their attention on. So to get into it, Friday, September 1st, which is tomorrow, day starts off with Dortmund and Heidenheim and this is going to be a tough, tough game for Dortmund in my opinion, especially Dortmund coming off the tie against Bachmann, which... You know, beautiful goal by Sturger, as I said on last podcast. And uh, obviously, you know, Malin getting the tying goal late late into the second half. So Dortmund are going to have to come into this game. I think they have to handle this game. We're talking about Heidenheim, a team, their first time in the Bundesliga. And for Dortmund's sake, I mean, for eight years in a row right now, Dortmund have finished in the quest to qualify for Champions League. So I think it's a top four spot they need to finish. And they've done that. They've done that consistently. They've been a consistent team. They had the players to be a consistent team. And uh, last year, it came down to the wire. You know, they they really had a uh, tough go about taking on Mons. They needed to win that game. They wound up tying. But at the same time, Bayern Munich were tied with, um, I think it was Köln, And they wound up scoring the 89th minute uh, Musiala with a beautiful goal. But I digress. Back to this Dortmund game against Heidehem coming up. And, um, you know, top they finished top two, top four. I forget what it is in Bundesliga, but for eight seasons in a row. And, um, you know, it, this is, they're going against a team that it's their first time in, in the Bundesliga. So you would expect a Dortmund team, especially a team that hasn't won a title in 12 years. 12 years it's been since they won their last title in 2012. And uh, this is a team I think they have to take care of. And not to kind of take them lightly, Heidenham taking on Hoffman last week. They um, they go up 2-0 and, you know, before you knew it, I mean, they were great goals. But they wound up losing this game to a late P- uh, PK call, which in my opinion, it was a penalty. So... They lose this game, they they lose the game before, and Dortmund need to take care of this game, in my opinion. And uh, I think they will. I think they will. I think they got the firepower. I think certain players are going to have to step up, play play a really good game for them. I mean, we've seen Sabitzer have a great game. We've seen um, Malin obviously been scoring goals for this for this Dortmund squad. So I'm gonna I'm gonna back Dortmund. I'm gonna say a two nil victory, and. Uh, you know, they win. They win right against the uh, yellow wall. And I think they're going to be a happy home team to end the weekend. And then also on Friday, Roma, AS Roma taking on Milan, AC Milan. It's going to be a very, very tough game. Romelu Lukaku back uh, now on Roma with his old coach, Jose Mourinho, who brought him on to Manchester United uh, back when he was coach. So it's a good coming together. It's it's coming in a great point too because Paul Dybala is going to be out for a couple weeks with an injury, and uh, Roma Roma not off to a hot start. I mean they they tie a game against uh, Salernitana and then they uh, they lose a game to a uh, 
a Hellas uh, Verona team that really is just playing really good football as of uh, the last couple weeks. So, you know, Jose Mourinho back on the sidelines ever since his, uh, you know, they banned him for a couple games because of his outburst at the uh, Europa League final. Afterwards, he tried to find the refs or whatever. It was it was a big thing back in the day, a couple months ago, and he was still suspended for it. But it's going to be his first game back onto the pitch in the dugout, trying to lead AS Roma to a victory, and they really need it. I mean, it's been a while. I mean, Belletti's been playing good, but we all know Jose Mourinho, not the biggest fan of him. So him bringing in... Romo Lukaku just kind of shows, you know, hopefully this is a Balletti game with Lukaku. Maybe Lukaku doesn't get in till later because he hasn't been training that much with Chelsea. Um, so he might go in late. And, um, you know, uh, another person that kind of was just popping off against Roma, just to bring his name up, uh, Condreva. Antonio Condreva, former Lazio man. He He's on Hellas Verena and he... he he kind of takes care of uh, this um, this this AS Roma squad, and it's tough to see from them. I mean, you know, defensively they look shaky. Uh, Rio Patricio just not being the class goalkeeper he has shown in the past, letting up easy goals. So, and then we turn the page to AS Roma. I mean, uh, AC Milan. AC Milan have been playing class football. You know, new signing Christian Pulisic. Um, Rafael Liao still there. Olivia Giroud still doing his thing. And uh, uh, Rangers and uh, Robert, uh, Loftus-Cheek playing class football as well. It's a team that's uh, they're pretty scary. They're pretty scary. And uh, the French goalkeeper in net. I think they're going to be a tough team to handle for Roma. Especially, you know, first game with Mourinho back on the bench. Um Obviously, he's probably been at, at training and stuff, I would say. But, you know, this I think this AC Milan squad is very slept on, um, even going into the uh, Champions League, when you think about it. And uh, I think they're going to be a terror throughout the Champions League, throughout Serie A. I think they're going to compete for the title. Whereas I don't see Roma in the same caliber. So I'm going to take AC Milan in this game. I'm going to say it's going to be a 2-1 game. Um, maybe Christian Pulisic with a goal. Olivier Giroud probably has the biggest odds to get on the board. And uh, yeah, I'm going to take the the Rosanaries for sure. So that about clears up Friday. We have one last game. Luton Town hosting West Ham. Luton Town haven't been, haven't hosted a game in the Premier League since 1992. It's their first game ever back at their stadium, Kellenworth Road. So it's obviously going to be an intense game. And, uh, you know, whether that be that they keep it tight, but maybe they give up a couple goals. Like, I kind of see they're taking on West Ham. I kind of see West Ham scoring probably the same exact goals that they scored against Brighton, where they play very defensive, they keep it tight, they keep the lines tight, and when they can break out and and counterattack, they're going to do those things. And for Luton's sake, I just don't personally see Luton competing with um, the the striking power that West Ham has. not, And I don't really think Luton is going to even get on the board this game. I think West Ham are going to shut them out. I think they're going to get a 3-0 victory. And, um, you know, West Ham's sake, Ariola. He's just been playing amazing goalkeeper. He Defensively, they're very sound. Midfield-wise, they're very in touch. And, uh, you know, they bring in Mohamed Kundus from uh from Ajax and that's going to be a huge signing for them I think a nice defensive midi 45 euro million dollar transfer and uh I think he's going to see some action and um another thing just to point out Luton Town kind of down and dining down and out right now haven't won a game um only played two games so far but haven't won a game West Ham up there is one of the top teams in the league right now and uh, the one of the only five teams that remains unbeaten. So, you know, it, I think uh, I think they're going to score a lot of goals. West Ham. It really comes up to can Luton Town match them, which I'm going to say no. I'm going to say 
West Ham take care of business 3-0. Let's go Hammers. And that concludes Friday's games. Um, but then Saturday, man, just chock full, chock full of beautiful games. Uh, 7.30 a.m. in the morning, Sheffield United hosting Everton. This is a game that, in my opinion, Everton right now looking at team, looking like a team that could possibly get relegated. Everton gets a good win over Doncaster. They finally put some balls away. New signing Beto and uh, Dom Juma. Two of their uh, new signings, two of their new transfers from the team. Don Juma being on loan from uh, Villarreal. And then we also have um, Beto, who came on as a sub, assisted by Decore. And uh, we have, you know, new signing from Undenice. So I think they're going to be a good team, Everton. I think this little EFL Cup win sparks them offensively. And uh, Sheffield on the other side, you know, haven't won a game in the Premier League yet, haven't even drawn points. Came close with the City match. Very tight game. Very tightly contested. and uh, But they wound up winning on PKs against Lincoln City. So, um, this is going to be a good game. I think it's going to be very defensively to the common viewer. Probably not the most exciting game. I'm going for a 1-1 draw. Um, maybe Sheffield squeaks away with a 1-0 win. Earns their first points in the Premier League. And uh, kind of could put the early nail on the coffin for Everton's, um, you know, staying in the Premier League's hopes. If they keep dropping points the way Everton's dropping points, it's going to be a tough, tough season for them. So I'm going to say a draw. I'm going to say 1-1. But honestly, I would favor uh, Sheffield United, in my opinion. And uh, just to keep moving on on Saturday's matchups, a really good matchup for Byron Leverkusen, who um, I think they're going to be decent in the in the Bundesliga, if not even better than decent. I think they're going to be a fighting for, definitely for Europe. I mean, lo- losing Musa Diaby, huge, huge loss, obviously, from them. But they signed some great players. Like I said, Victor Oke, Oko Boniface, um, the Belgian, the, um, he's not Belgian, but he came from a Belgium team, St. Union Guillerice. Uh, and, you know, Leverkusen off to a hot start. Um, they beat Leipzig 3-2 at home. They beat Moose Borussia Mogblock away 3-0. And they're taking on uh, SV Dormstadt. And, um, you know, Dormstadt are kind of like a yo-yo team, as they call them, up in the Premier League, back down in the Premier League. And... Um, uh, but you know they're going to be fighting. They're going to be fighting definitely to uh, find their first points in the Premier League, uh, to, in the Bundesliga as well. They uh, their first game they lose to Frankfurt on the road one nil, and then they get absolutely battered by uh, Union Berlin. So it's a team that, in my opinion, Leverkusen should take care of, especially with the new signings of Boniface, Granit Xhaka. Um, you know, even Jonas Hoffman from Borussia Mogblock uh, at a uh, 10 million euro deal, which is, um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a good game. I think there's going to be a lot of goals for Leverkusen and, um, um, you know, Dormstadt. Is, I think they're going to have a rough go about it this season as well. They need to play some teams of their caliber, I think, to start picking up some points. They've definitely had a first a hard first three games. So. Hopefully they can find some points eventually. Um, back to the Premier League though. Brentford hosting Burnmouth in a uh, a tight game. I mean, you know, Burnmouth coming off a big Swansea win, uh, City win away. Brentford going to Pens with Newport County. They win away. And uh, Brentford, you know, they, they're going to be hosting this game. Their last two games that they hosted in the Premier League, they tied. One being... 2-2 against Tottenham and the other one being 1-1 against Crystal Palace. But in the meantime of that, they also did beat Fulham. Burmouth, on the other hand, they tie a really good West Ham team that I think weren't... They, they didn't completely find their form yet. I think they found it. Um, but still a really good tie against West Ham. And then, you know, they kind of get uh, blown away by Liverpool. 3-1 victory for Liverpool. But that's at Anfield. That's a tough game. And then at home, they they lose to Tottenham, which, you know, it was a tightly contested game. Just Tottenham made a couple good plays that just broke them open 
for maybe, you know, they, they only win the game 2-0, but those were really the only majority chances, in my opinion. So, um, you know, this is going to be an interesting game. Uh, I think this is a good little stat. They uh, Brentford haven't had a clean sheet at home since October of last year. And, uh, but they're also going to be fighting for, to keep alive a unbeaten streak of seven games in the Premier League. So I think Brentford's are going to, Brentford's going to win this game against Bournemouth. I think it's going to be a 2-1 game and, um, you know, but, uh, Bournemouth could be that team. Bournemouth could be that team that does the upset. They, they've been known for it. They, it's happened before the cherries do rise up and, uh, for just a little cool note as well, um, Andy Andoni Iriola, the Burma's new coach, that win against Swansea is his first win as head coach. So it's going to be interesting. Um, that could rise them up, make them feel a little good coming into this fixture. But also, it does have to be noted that um, they've conceded at least two goals in their last three matches, and uh, they've never beaten. Burtman, uh, they haven't beaten Brentford in the last seven fixtures of their meeting. So, going to be a tough game. Going to be a tough game for both squads. And I just see Brentford coming in up top, two to one. Um, but also another Premier League game of that day. We have Burnley hosting Tottenham. Burnley still have yet to pick up points in the Premier League, and um, they get they but they beat. Nottingham Forest away in the EFL Cup. So maybe there's a little thing awakened through Burnley, but they do suffer a couple injuries in their in their game. And um, just to note a couple of them, Vitinho, Aaron, Aaron Ramsey, and Halmer Ekdal. So they get some bad injuries. Uh, you know, Burnley definitely doesn't have the depth to say, hey, we're going to easily replace them. Tottenham, on the other hand, you know, they lose in the EFL Cup to Fulham on penalty kicks, a uh, a missed penalty kick by Dav- uh, Davis and Sanchez. So, um, you know, a lot of question marks around this Tottenham team, but I think Premier League-wise, I think they're sound. Um, they didn't obviously play with all their starters that game. So, Premier League-wise, when they're playing their main guys, their main 11, when they're bringing in their substitutes... They're going to win. And I, I have them winning 2-0 this game against Burnley. Um, you know, Tottenham, they want to keep a four away games unbeaten streak. Um, it would be the first time since August 2022. And, uh, you know, just to also note, they've beaten Burnley four out of the five last fixtures. And uh, the only time they lost and within that last five was the last time they played in the Premier League. But... I think Tottenham have a better team right now. Obviously, not no Kane being the better part, but the morale, the morale around the club, the morale around the grounds, the 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 team, the coach, the 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 management. I think this Tottenham team is turning into a uh, uh, they're going to be a, a dangerous team within the, within the Premier League. So I'm back in Tottenham two 0 I think Burnley company still has to wait for that. You know, for that first win, and uh, Postecoglou just gonna do well. I, I think he's gonna do well as manager, and um, you know, Richarlison might not be available due to an injury that he received in the EFL Cup against Fulham. But keep your eyes out for this kid, uh, Dane Scarlett, nineteen-year-old. Uh, he's like their only striker on the depth chart who can replace Richarlison. So it would be really cool to see him come out play. Get a start at 19 years old for Tottenham and imagine he scores. That would be absolutely insane. It would be a uh, a Marcus Rashford moment, in my opinion. So, you know, let's go Tottenham. Um, I'm backing them this week. Another uh, intense Premier League game that we have for this week. Chelsea hosting Nottingham Forest. Chelsea off to a pretty decent start. Uh, obviously, the week... Last week, getting a big win against Luton Town on Friday, you know they get a couple a couple days rest, a little extra, and uh, but they take on Wimbledon, Wimbledon in the EFL Cup. They get the two one victory. 
after they put on a couple substitutions, Enzo Fernandez goes in. He gets a, he scores the game winning goal for Chelsea. So I think it's going to jumpstart their offense a little bit. Uh, obviously, we saw them put three against Luton Town, and Raheem Sterling with the brace. Nicholas Jackson finding his first one of the season. So I think this team's going to be riding hot. I got Chelsea winning this game three to two, and um, that's to put no discredit on Nottingham because. You know, Nottingham being the first ever team to get a 2-0 victory, or well, a 2-0 lead over Manchester United in the four, in the first four minutes. Not an easy task to do, especially at Old Trafford. So I think, you know, they don't go down a man in that game. They probably tie United. Um, but the tricky che- trees, man, I think, you know, I think they're going to have a tough, tough time on the road where um, I think they will score a couple goals, but I think Chelsea's going to score more. I think it's going to be a 3-2 game, maybe 3-1. But in my opinion, opinion, uh, I think it's going to be a 3-2 game. I could see Awoni. If if, uh, if Taiwo Awoni scores again this upcoming game, that's eight straight games in the Premier League he scores a goal, which I think it's a Nottingham record. Um probably coming close to a Premier League record, I would say. And I believe in him. I think he's going to do it. Um, Morgan Gibbs-White on this team as well. He could score goals. If you have Serge Aurier playing you balls into the box, especially with Awoni up top, he's just so strong, so physical. I think he's going to be a dangerous player in this game. And uh, I think Thiago Silva is going to probably have to cover him. I think it's going to be a lot to ask for Thiago Silva, who... um, is not in the prime of his career. So, um, you know, if if they win this game, they they go on and they that that's two in a row at home, and uh, even before this one, I mean, beating Luton, it, it snapped an eight game non win streak home at Stanford Bridge. So, I'm back in the Blues this week. I'm saying three two thriller. Um, the tricky trees, just not a good away team. And um, they let up a lot of goals on the road. Um, but just also uh, a little cool note about this point. If we see him, I hope there's a lot of respect towards his name. Joe Worrell um, comes back. He was a little injured. I mean, he was suspended. So, you know, he, he didn't play last game. But he, he, if he comes back, listen to this, listen to this. His, his uncle is a uh, police sergeant and... While he was trying to save some guy off the train tracks, he got hit and sadly passed. So if this guy plays, I mean, we've seen it before. We've seen players just, you know, f- say, "Hey, I, I, I want to, I want to sit and be with my family, and I want to sit and and grieve." But sometimes this is how people grieve. And if he has a really good defensive game, obviously, I don't want to say it's because his uncle passed, but it, it could be a little, you know, a little uh, camaraderie to achieve uh, an outstanding victory for Nottingham Forest and for himself and his uncle, who, you know, looking down on him would probably be very proud of what he's accomplished. So, you know, shout out to um, the, the Warwolf family. Um, that's a tough situation to be in and, you know, prayers with you. And uh, if he does play, you know, uh, I would love to, you know, see something be done at uh, Stanford Bridge. It wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't doubt if they do something for, for just to, you know, especially even for if Nottingham asks Chelsea, hey, can we pay our respects? I could see it being done. So we'll see. Um, it should be a cracker of a game. I think it's going to be one of the best 10 a.m. 10 a.m. games we have on the day. Um, another 10 a.m. game though to get into Manchester City hosting Fulham. Um, City won all three games so far in, in the Premier League, beat Sevilla in the e, uh, e, UEFA Super Cup. So they're off to a hot start already. Holland, not the hardest of starts to his normal starts to uh, leagues, but Still playing well. I think he has three goals or something like that. He misses a PK in the last game against Sheffield, but then makes it up with a header. He could have had a brace on the day. Um, but then we saw Fulham just play really, really class football against an Arsenal squad 
they go man down too, and and they wound up tying this game late in like the 87th minute. Um, after giving up the lead in like the 70th and then the 72nd minute. So um, I don't think Man City are going to have the problems that Fulham, I mean, Arsenal had. You know, Arsenal missing out on a lot of injuries right now, especially defensively. And, you know, Ramsdale sometimes makes mistakes like that where it's been notorious where it's not as bad as De Gea's mistakes, but he's been known to make a couple flubbers and, you know, that obviously can't put all the blame on him, but just being out of position against uh, Fulham last time out, it's just a tough look for him. So I'm going to say Man City 3-1 this game. Um, if they win this game, Man City, it will be it will be uh, Pep's 200th win in 269th games, which would be a Premier League record, which would be crazy. Um, obviously, we know he's not technically on the bench, but it's still his team. He's still probably coordinating the lineups and everything. So uh, it would be a, an, an absolutely remarkable uh, landmark for his career, especially doing this in the Premier League. It would be absolutely unbelievable. 269 games, you have 200 wins. And I bet you those other 69 games, probably half of them are draws, probably even more than half. So just an absolute beast of a man, uh, coach, mentor. So it would be amazing to see from him. I think they're going to get it done. Um, you know, this is uh, this is a... Uh, if, after they beat Newcastle at home, it was 17 consecutive wins throughout all competitions. And get this. They've scored 55 goals at home and only conceded seven. Absolutely crazy of a stat. Um, and all all the meetings with Fulham, and it, the last 14 minute meetings with Fulham, Man- Manchester City have won. It's one of their highest teams that they've beaten the most consecutively. The, the number one team is Watford, but they're at 15. But 14 times, Fulham has never got the best, even a draw against Manchester City. Last 14 games throughout all competitions. Um, it hasn't been since 2009 in April when Roy Hodgins, now coach of Crystal Palace, coach back of, of Fulham back in the day, did Fulham get the best of Manchester City. So, um, you know, they lose to him twice last year, both games 2-1. to one. They almost get away with one, tying them 1-1 one, one, um, late, late, PK, I, th- I think Holland got the PK, scored it. So, you know, and, and we also might see for a city standpoint, Jeremy Duku, um, a transfer from Rennes uh, from League One, 60 million euro dollar deal a contract for Jeremy Duco. And then also maybe a debut from Mateos Nunes uh, from Wolves, undisclosed, but both, both of these teams can make debuts. Um, Calvin Bassey and Tim Ream for Fulham should be coming back into the game um, after Calvin Bassey served his suspension and so did Tim Ream. And uh, William, who has been out as of of recently with Knox, could be back in as well. Um, I see Manchester City, though, just taking care of business, winning this game either 3-0 or 3-1. I'm predicting 3-1. I think Fulham, Fulham at least get one goal in. And uh, could be 4-1, though. Who knows? But um, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. Uh, not one of the best games for the 10 a.m. spot, but it could be. It could be very surprising. We we shall see. We saw what Fulham did to Arsenal. So, you know, who, we'll see. Um, another game, though, on Saturday. Real Madrid taking up Getafe. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about this before. About Real Madrid. Jude Bellingham has been playing amazing. He wins La Liga Player of the Month already. First time on the team. Wins the Player of the Month for August. And he's just been tearing apart the league. But the only problem is right now, Vinny Jr. out for probably till, you know, I think they said like six to eight weeks. So definitely until September, maybe even into October. Who knows? It's a hamstring injury. It's not something to joke around about especially if you want him to eventually get healthy enough. So 
We'll see how they do against this uh, Getafe team who tied Barcelona in, the, in week one of La Liga. And this is going to be the first game played in the renovated Bernabeu. They, Real Madrid had to play three away games, winning them all. And, um, you know, this is going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game for Real Madrid. It's really going to test them. You know, they, they, they have some injuries as well with Militao still out, uh, Cartois still out as well. So... These injuries could bite them in the butt, but I have a feeling they're still going to take care of business. I think Tony Kroos, Luka Modric come in this game, and they start uh, doing well. And um, Husilo, um, one of their new signings, could probably go out to uh, the left wing and cause a little damage. So we'll see. Maybe he gets the nod to start in the starting eleven. It would be very interesting. But 2-1, in my opinion, 2-1 Real Madrid at the new renovated Bernabeu. And then to uh, not end Saturday, or maybe it is to end Saturday, we have a really good, um, it's not to end it, but the last Premier League game for this, this Saturday, it's a uh, it's a matchup between Brighton, Hope, and Albion taking on Newcastle. Two teams that are coming off of two tough losses, Brighton being absolutely manhandled by West Ham, and then Newcastle giving up a last-minute hurrah against Liverpool, and super sub Darwin Nunes. What what a game by him. Um, but a couple points to just make about Brighton. In that game against West Ham, Pascal Gross, he scores a goal, and that makes him the all-time leading goal scorer for Brighton in the Premier League with 27 goals. Not the craziest amounts of goals, but you know it's pretty pretty cool that he's the uh, all-time goal, goal scorer for the uh, Brighton side that have been playing very well. Zarbi playing, making these this Brighton squad play very well. I mean, the the players they even just developed and sold within the last couple of years has been absolutely insane. So what he's what what he's done with the players he's had and showcased them a lot, lots of respect, lots of respect for Zarbi. So, but he's going to be taking on um, Rowe or yeah, I think his name's Rowe, one of the the coach of Newcastle, and. Um, you know, they come off a, a tough, tough game against this Liverpool team. So, um, for for Newcastle's standpoint, they haven't beaten Brighton away in their last six matches. Four draws, two defeats, and uh, only one in the last five away fixtures. So, you know, this is, uh, they're not playing really good away football. They haven't kept a clean sheet in ten games on the road. So... You know, in my opinion, um, starting Bert Verbon, Verbongen, um, one of their new signings for Brighton, I don't think it was a great greatest idea. Not that he let in easy goals. The goals that they scored, West Ham scored, were very, very well-worked goals where he had to be caught out of position. But Jason Steele, man, I think, he, uh, I think he's earned this position um, even without uh, Verbongen coming in. So... I think he's going to win this position back on the day. I'm calling for a 2-2 draw. Um, we could see Ansu Fati make his debut. Loney from Barcelona. And uh, Carlos Baleba, who could also make his debut while playing center, uh, defensive midi from Liao. A 27 million euro fee for this player. He... Uh, he should he should do well and in my opinion as well Joao Pedro one of their new signings I think he should start over Evan Ferguson and Danny Welbeck so I'm I'm going to say Brighton have the edge in this game um they're at home and you know I think Newcastle I think they're going to really have to dig out um this draw I think I think if they don't play up to cal- up to Brighton's caliber they could be blown out it could be a 3-1 game. It could be a 4-1 game. Um, but I, I have a feeling Newcastle are going to play very good defensively. I think they, you know, I think Miggy, Miguel Moran is event. This game, he's going to get on the stat sheet. And uh, Alexander Isaac, man, he needs to start finding that form that he had earlier in this season. And then even in the end of last season, because they're missing him. So he needs to get going. Calvin Wilson, I think, possibly could fill the role as well. So, we'll we'll see about that one. But that ends the Premier League on Saturday. A couple other games, though, on Saturday, I just kind of want to mention. Borussia Mogblak 
hosting Bayern Munich in a Bundesliga matchup. And, uh, you know, I think this game is going to go Bayern Munich's way. It, it, every game has kind of been going Bayern Munich's way. They they have a 4-0 victory against Werner Bremen, and then they have a 3-1 victory against Augsburg. Um, Borussia Mönchengladbach tying Augsburg 4-4 in a late Herrera comeback, and then losing to Leverkusen, Bayern Leverkusen, 3-0 at home. I got Bayern. I got Bayern 4-1. I think it's, uh, without being said, that they're going to take care of business at home. Harry Kane probably with a goal, maybe with an assist. Um, I can see Davis with an assist. They're, they're just a very, they're a very well-oiled machine, this Bayern Munich squad, and they've been playing really good football, and I think they're going to be a dangerous team in uh, Champions League coming up and competing for the Bundesliga title. So that that's uh, that's about it on Saturday. There's another game, Napoli-Lazio. Not going to go too into it. I'll just say straight up, 2-0 Napoli in my opinion. Lazio been struggling in Syria. Napoli just off to a hot start defensively and offensively. Osiman, Di Lorenzo having some great games. So 2-0 Napoli. And then that brings us to our Sunday fixtures. First one being at 9 a.m. Two games um, going on at 9 a.m. Crystal Palace hosting Wolves. This Crystal Palace team has not been off to a hot start. They beat Sheffield 1-0 away, but then they lose to Arsenal at home on a PK, and then they uh, they tie Brentford 1-1. They do have a really good uh, comeback against Plymouth Argyle in the EFL Cup, but you know this team needs to start finding shots, more shots on target and more clinical shots on target. I know Eze, he's been doing his thing. He's been... Probably Crystal Palace's best man. Um, Anderson, too, been playing good football. Um, defensively, they've been sound. Crystal Palace have been sound defensively. You know, Johnston been playing really well in the net. But uh, they need to be more clinical up front. Obviously, losing Saha to Galacasaray, not an easy replacement. But Edward needs to step up. Um, you know, they have, they have some ballers. They have some ballers. They need to just start... Getting the ball in better positions to execute the final shot. And when it's there, I think Eze needs to start shooting more. I think he needs to start putting these goalkeepers on the back of their heels. You know, especially in a game where they're going to be going against one of the goal- best goalkeepers in the Premier League right now with Jose Sa. So, Wolves goalkeeper, Jose Sa, I think he's going to keep it a tight game. But, you know, uh, another crazy stat for this game. Um, it, the last time... Wolves won at Cell Hells Park, which is Crystal Palace's stadium, was in October 2018. Uh, they also drew in September 2019, but Crystal Palace has their number at home, and I think they're going to do it. Uh, it could be a 1-0 game. I'm calling for a 2-1 victory for Crystal Palace over um, Wolverhampton Wanderers. 2-1. Uh, I hope Eze gets on the score sheet or at least gets an assist in this game. He really needs it. And then uh, to go to the other 9 a.m. game, we have Liverpool taking on Ashton Villa. This is a game that can really go a lot of different ways. I mean, you know, Villa, big, big win against Everton, but a big loss beginning of the season against Newcastle. You know, they're fighting right now. Uh, they've just actually won 3-0 today against Highburn to qualify for the Europa Conference League which is huge for a team like this. And, uh, you know, they've had a lot of injuries, um, but I think they've been playing well even with those players injured. The depth isn't there, but they've been playing well, and that's good to see from them. And Liverpool also, though, we can't say anything bad about Liverpool. Liverpool has just been playing really good football, and uh, it's been, um, you know, great comeback against Newcastle, and they... uh, a, a good tie against Chelsea and a good win against Bournemouth. They, they look good. They they definitely look like one of the teams that they've looked like in the past. And it really comes down to, you know, what Liverpool are we going to get? Are we going to get the Liverpool that is giving the ball away, isn't playing good defense? I mean, Virgil van Dijk suspended and Conote also out with an injury. So they're going to have to probably play Joe Gomez and uh, I forget, Matip. So 
that's tough. Um, last time out against this team's at Anfield, the game did finish 1-1. And uh, really, Liverpool has had Ashton Villa's number. I mean, I'm trying to look right now through the stats. I mean, um, Ashton Villa beat Liverpool in the EFL Cup back in 2019. And they beat them in the Premier League. I remember this. 2020, they defeated Liverpool 7-2. That was a big, big win for Ashton Villa at the time. Um, but at Anfield, Villa can't really, oh, right here, 2014 was the last time Ashton Villa defeated Liverpool at Anfield. So, you know, it's a different team, obviously, now that we're talking about Ashton Villa-wise. Um, it's not our, the, the other Ashton Villa we were used to there. They have some class players on this team. They resemble, obviously, Musa Diaby going there, but in my opinion, Ashton Villa kind of is like a... Byron Leverkusen team where if they if they're popping off if they're playing good football if Ollie Watkins is being an absolute animal on the ball which he has every opportunity to do in this game especially with Trent not playing well defensively and we're going to be throwing in two backup center backs there's going to be a lot of gaps I think in this game where Ashton Villa could really really take it to Liverpool but if they play good defensively at Liverpool I think they obviously have the firepower to take care of business. Um, but, you know, the only problem is now that Darwin Nunes had the game that he has, let's say he does start, they're going to be very aware of him. Whereas when he came on as a super sub for Liverpool against Newcastle late in the game, you know, not that they're not aware of him, but they they had a whole game plan probably for um, Diego, um, for Luis Diaz, for Cody Gapo, for Salah, where, you know, they weren't, Obviously, they prepared for Nunez, but Nunez hasn't been one of their main starters. Is he now? Who knows? That's you know that's the main question. It really depends on uh, who they're going to uh, who they're going to start in this in this upcoming game. And you know, Ashton Villers, I, they're going to be ready for everyone. I mean, Unai Emery is just class coach, so he's going to have these boys buzzing. Obviously, Jurgen Klopp's going to have the Liverpool team buzzing. As well, so that that's why, in my opinion, I think we're going to see a, uh, I think we're going to see a two-two draw. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think uh, Ashton Villa maybe gets the first goal. Maybe Liverpool go up. Maybe they tie it again, and then um, maybe Ashton Villa go up two-one and Liverpool score late to tie at home. Which against a team like Ashton Villa, not not the worst of uh, results in my opinion. So uh, I'm calling for a two-two draw. And then, uh, so yeah, basically to end Sunday fixtures, uh, we have a Manchester, uh, a Arsenal squad hosting Manchester United. Man United coming off a big heroic comeback against Nottingham Forest. Bruno Fernandez just being an absolute animal in the game. True captain. It is against Nottingham Forest. I think he needs to showcase it against a really good squad like Arsenal. And, um, you know, Arsenal, they tie a tough, tough game against Fulham. And, you know, you know, they're going to want to showcase what they, they could possibly do in Champions League. So, you know, it's going to be scary. I, I think uh, United have their, their a lot. They have to prepare a lot if they haven't already. I mean, they have to realize what's about to come at them. You know, um, they're saying that Zinchenko might be healthy for this game. So if Zinchenko's healthy and you have Ben White and you have Saliba and Gabriel playing defense, that's already a good defense. And then you can move Thomas Party back to the midfield with Declan Rice. And um, maybe they even start off um, Vieira, who's been playing well. Saka, Inketia, maybe Gabriel Jesus, Martinelli, Martinelli obviously probably going to start on the left. It's a dangerous, dangerous team. So, um, United are going to have to be ready to go. You know, last time out at the Emirates Stadium, Arsenal defeated Manchester United two, uh, three to two in a late goal. I forgot who scored the late goal. It might have been Odegaard, or maybe it was, uh, maybe it was Inketia. Um, yeah, Inketia, ninetieth minute goal. Um, you know, it was potentially an offsides. I really, I'm not going to harp on that. But um, United, you know, they they beat Arsenal earlier in that year, but at home, 
But uh, as of recent times, I mean, they haven't played well at Emirates Stadium. Uh, they tied Arsenal in 2021. They really haven't gotten anything that uh, since then in, in Emirates Stadium. They have a good away win for the FA Cup, but... You know who who knows what's starting at starting at that time, but 2017 was the last time Manchester United defeated Arsenal in the Emirates Stadium, which was a long, long time ago, man. I mean, six years ago, almost seven years ago from from the the time that game was on December second, 2017. So, you know, um, I'm calling for a two-two draw. I'm just gonna play it safe. I'm gonna say it's gonna end in a draw. Last game at the Emirates should have ended in a draw. Um, I'm hoping Rashford finally is starting to play well again because now he's back on that left wing. The only thing that scares me is United's fullbacks situation. You know, I I love Diego Dalot. I I think Wambasak is an absolute beast, but not having Luke Shaw might be a tough tough issue for this United squad. Someone they really really rely and and try to. Um, you know, work off of he. He's very direct. He's very uh, offensive in his attacking. He plays high defense too. He presses. He would be pressing Saka the whole game, and I think he would be able to shut him down. Whereas Diego Dolat, if he's going against him, I don't know if he's going to be able to shut him down the whole game. And uh, that's going to be a tough, tough, tough matchup for Diego Dolat. We uh, we saw Brandon Johnson get the better of him on a couple of occasions against in the Nottingham game, and. Um, you know, Ramos Hoyland possibly could return for this game. It's very doubtful, but we shall see. It, it, you know, the game's not till Sunday. So maybe if his back is healed up, he could come back into the starting lineup. We haven't seen him play yet. How amazing would that be for United to bring in a player who had an absolutely amazing season for Atlantia? Uh, big, big summer signing, blockbuster signing that's on the bench right now because of an injury. Same thing with Mason Mount. And imagine he just comes in and has a brace on the day. Or imagine he scores a hat trick on his Manchester United debut. If he does get in, if he does get in, um, it would be amazing to see. You know, they do need it. They're dying for a striker right now. Tony Martial, you know, I love him to death, but he is just not the answer to a championships season. So, I'm calling for a 2-2 draw. Um, I think they they really need to uh, step their game up. United, that is. And, you know, if Arsenal have a really good game against United here, it, it, it really is going to showcase how, how possible it is for them to not only win the Premier League title, but to possibly win the Champions League title. I don't like those words coming out of my mouth, but it's true. I have to say the truth on this podcast. Um... Couple other games, I don't really have ideas of what the score is going to be, but you know, watch out for them. These are going to be good games. Union Berlin taking on Red Bull Leipzig. I could see this ending in a draw or maybe a Leipzig away win. Um, Atletico Madrid taking on Sevilla. Atletico Madrid should handle that. Um, 7 0 victory last on Monday, which was absolutely insane. Uh, Morata coming on, scoring a hat trick after being subbed on in like the 70th minute. He's still in form. He's still undeniable. Um, Inter Inter Milan taking on Florentina. Really good matchup, especially in the Serie A. Both teams right now battling. Um, Inter definitely battling for the title. Florentina definitely battling for European competition. And the title as well. I mean, it's early in the season. That's going to be a good game. And then Osina taking on Barcelona. You know, Barcelona... On, uh, on away fixtures, not not the greatest of teams. They we saw it last week. They had to come back from a, you know, they were leading two 0 They give up three straight goals. Then they wound up coming back. And Lewandowski wins it for them, four three victory. So in this game, I don't know. I, I, I these are the games I kind of just didn't want to touch. I didn't really know much about them. So, but hey, man, if if I had to give you um, my my definite my definite hits of the week. Um, I'm going to say my hits of the week are des- definitely West Ham minus one and a half. I think that's a really, really class game for West Ham to accomplish on a Friday night game. Beautiful game and Kellenworth Road. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, I would also say Leverkusen, Byron Leverkusen with a one and a half victory over Dormstadt. And uh, Tottenham definitely to win. Maybe not by one and a half, but definitely to win. 
Chelsea. Nah, you know what? I'm not going to. I would give the over. I would do over three and a half. Chelsea, Nottingham Forest, um, maybe even two and a half, depending on what the line is for that. But I would go three and a half, man. I would I would push the envelope on that. Some people are saying 2-1, but I think it's going to be a 3-2 three, three, game. I think it's going to be high scoring. Um, obviously, City, um, maybe not by one and a half, but to win, the odds probably aren't great on that. But um, definitely to win, I think it's a lock. And uh, Bayern Munich, minus one and a half. I think that's a that's a definite lock. And then for um Sunday, don't take my don't don't believe what I say about this Arsenal United Liverpool Ashton Villa matchups. I, I really don't know. Those are tough games for me to really predict. Maybe bet the over, total goals over. Um if I had to say one person though to score this week, um I'm gonna start it off on Friday. Mikel Antonio. I think he's gonna have two games back to back with a goal. It's going to be great for him, great for his confidence. And, um, you know, if I had to give one for Saturday, um, between all these games, I'm going to go uh, Victor O'Cole Boniface. I think he's going to score against Dormstadt um, for Byron Leverkusen. I think he's definitely going to get on the score sheet. Or if not a goal, he'll have an assist. Depending on when the line is for that, it might not be great. But he'll definitely score. Same thing with um, Harry Kane. I would even bet Harry Kane... To score two, two or more, because I, I I believe that he's just that guy this season. Um, that would be a really good bet in my opinion. I don't know. I want to bet the Holland over two and a half. I mean, over two goals or two or more goals, but just he hasn't been consistently playing well. Um, maybe if Foden's in though, if Foden's in for sure, he's going to be feeding Holland a lot. It's not a bad bet. It's not a bad bet. I could see Foden getting two assists from off of Holland through balls. And on Sunday, if I had to bet a man to score, you know, I'm going um, man to score on Sunday. I'm going for, um, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go um, Alvaro Morata on Atletico Madrid. I think he gets a goal against Sevilla. And uh, if not him, Definitely a goal, not definitely, but I have a feeling Ollie Watkins is a play against Liverpool, Ashton Villa against Liverpool. I think he gets an away goal for the Ashton Villa side. So those are my predictions. Um, you know, I did pretty well last week. I, I guessed a couple games exact, and I guessed a, a decent amount of the results correct. So I'll give you updates on the next pod. We're going to be talking about Champions League group stages, obviously we'll break down the games from this weekend, can't wait, very excited, I hope you all enjoyed this episode, and uh, remember, uh, take my advice, but don't, you know, don't believe in it 100%, these aren't, uh, I don't have the, I don't really have the stats to back up these these uh, predictions I'm giving out, I just, this is all from the gut, gut, gut in the heart, that's it, so, uh, I hope you enjoyed it, though. Let me know um, if you did take any of these ideas. If you weren't going to take them, in, but you did, you you heard me talk about it, and you're like, oh, wow, that's a, that is a cool stat. I will bet that. Um, that'd be cool to know. So uh, take care, everyone, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Peace out, everyone.